It's Ashley May with your favorite special guest, Todd Robert Anderson. Hi, Ashley. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm I'm very excited. I know that you were running errands, uh, and it, it was you might have been uh, unable to uh, have me on your show because you were stuck doing errands. It's true, you but buying, I got it. You were buying crickets. You said crickets. Yeah, crickets. Because I have a baby crested gecko. She's like a Dalmatian one. But she can have like little crickets um, to keep her like hunting and stuff. So I got her some, but now I can't put the crickets in the container I bought for them because they don't have a top. Why doesn't it have a top? I don't know. I didn't notice when I picked up the lid and like I literally just picked the first one on top and I didn't notice it didn't have like the plastic part where you put them in and take them out. Yeah. So hopefully I put some in her um, terrarium and I'm hoping that the ones that are in the bag stay alive for a little bit. So I figure something out because I gotta yeah. go get my kids right after this. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Up yeah. from school. Yeah. I, ha- I have to go to uh, uh, not now it's three hours uh, earlier or late earlier where I am. Uh, yeah. But at five 30, I have to go to Colby's back to school night. Oh, nice. Eh. That's how I felt. I thought this thing was going to be two hours long because they said it was going till eight. And I was like, there goes like my whole night. And then like we get there and we just had to go to two classrooms, visit, and then we could leave. And it was amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine's supposed to be two hours too, but I don't know that they'll be getting out early because, you know, they, I mean, I've been to them before. They they greet you, and that takes like twenty minutes in the auditorium, and then they fan you out to go. I mean, it's high school, so I got to go to each of the oh, classrooms. Yeah. So it'll be like a ten minute like thing for each classroom. That sucks. Yeah, I have elementary school kids, so I only had to go to two classrooms, one for each kid. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Actually, Hillary's uh, uh, back to school night is tonight over at her school. Oh, nice. Yeah, so so she can't go to Colby's back to school night, and I have to go by myself. That sucks. Yeah, isn't he coming with you? What? Isn't your son coming with you? No. Nah. Oh, okay. I mean, it. I don't understand. I mean, he's already been in school for weeks. <laughs> so are you kidding me? So and they're doing the back to school night tonight. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Hills started two weeks ago. And or she so back to school night doesn't happen before school starts. It happens weeks after it's begun. So uh, it's after school already started night. Yeah, and he's already gone to all his classes, so he doesn't need to go listen to the. It's just for parents. He's, he's getting a ride home because he stays in school till uh, five fifteen uh, uh, every day. Sometimes five forty five. Um, so I can't give him a ride home. Because there's not enough time, but he's got a ride home from a friend. So that's good. Why does he have to stay at school so late? Clubs and stuff? Uh, no, it's uh, he does theater. Um, uh, oh, cool. And, and at his school, it's, there, it's actually classes that they get credit for. 
But at the end of the school day, which is three o'clock, you know, when his academics are done, he goes and he does, he's, he's doing both. They call it play pro and then stagecraft. So he's doing both in front and behind the scenes stuff. Nice. Uh, It keeps him, it keeps him there uh, late on. And when, and when there's a show, then he's there all friggin' night. That's it. So does he have one that he prefers over the other? Like, does he like doing backstage stuff or does he like performing? Well, this is his first year uh, performing. So we'll see. Um, uh, He was always kind of resistant to it, but working backstage and making friends with all the the kids and stuff. um, Yeah. uh, I, I I guess that's why he decided he wants to do both. That's really cool. I hope he enjoys it. Yeah, he does. He works real hard and, and, uh, you know, he often smells real bad. So (laughs) he's also a teenage boy. He constantly uh, needs to be reminded to uh, re re up his deodorant. Um, (laughs) Like, and he gets so mad at me, like I'll pick him up. I mean, it's, you know, right now it's fucking so hot. Um, Yeah. It's awful. Um, um, But in my old car, because we have two cars, one's a new car, but the other one's 20 years old. So the air conditioning fucking sucks. So, you know, um, but then he'll get in the car and he smells so bad. And I'm like, dude, you got to start putting deodorant on all the time. You need every yeah. couple of hours, put it back on because it's not, it's not uh, staying. <laughs> not working for longer periods of time and and he really hates it when he gets in the car um and here's that he just can't stand it and i'm like well keep doing it until he does something about it (laughs) yeah it's uh, i i do i have to keep riding him and now i like tell him every morning did you put on deodorant did you put on deodorant i mean i just feel like maybe my mom had to do this for a little while but i i guess i don't it's like my bo isn't as pungent i guess yeah others um but like he he when he sweats he stanks yikes but also you know i think teenagers smell worse than uh, older people because of the hormones and all that stuff yeah teenagers are the worst people in the world listen i know i wasn't a good teenager i was annoying as shit oh yeah i wasn't a good teenager i mean I, i suppose by comparison, I was pretty good. I mean, Colby's a, a good kid and he doesn't, you know, give me too much flack, um, but he's never liked being told what to do. Yeah. He has a, or, and he has a real resistance to any kind of criticism or instruction or anything. Um, but I, I don't know what else to do except say, dude, you got to put on deodorant. You stink. I mean, it's, you know, I would do that with my friend. Yeah. You know, I confronted my freshman year roommate. He didn't believe me. He smelled so bad. Yeah. College freshman year roommate, you know, you're assigned the roommate. You don't get a choice. And he, I've, I've never smelled anyone who smelled that bad. That sounds fucking terrible. Did I tell you about this before? Like I, I don't think so. we had, you know, it was this, <laughs> It's this building in Washington Square Park called Judson Hall. Um, you know, it's an old church with a like bell tower thing on it. Um, and I think a year or two after I left there, it was condemned. Um, really big cockroaches and, you know, 
rap. Ew. It was it well, yeah. It was uh it was an eye opener to move from a little town, <laughs> suburban town to New York City. Uh and and like so the roaches though weren't the big problem for me. The big problem was my roommate. We had a one closet that we shared and I wound up for the entire year keeping my clothes in a suitcase. Uh. Um, because if I put mine in the closet next to his, the smell would move from his clothes onto mine. Like he laundered his clothes and they still smell bad. I, I don't. And it's like, it was beyond body odor. I mean, it was intense uh, beyond body odor. I, you know, I used to say it, he smelled like rotten feta cheese, but maybe even uh. that's, that's too kind. I mean, there was something chemically weird uh, about him uh, uh, smelling so bad. Uh, like two things that happened. Like one time I had this friend of mine uh, in, in the room and he was, <laughs> he, he was not believing me. I was like, I'm telling you, he's like, why do you keep your clothes in a suitcase? I was like, because if I put them in the closet, they smell like Ilya. And, uh, and, and he said, come on, it doesn't smell that bad. And I was like, go in the closet, go in the closet, smell his clothes, you know? And he was like, Oh, come on. That's like when, you know, you've got, rotten milk and you want someone to smell it that i'm not doing that and i was like well if you don't believe me you kind of have to go in there and smell it so yeah. he like sort of walked into the closet and i've never seen anyone like he did this balletic leap away from the closet after oh <laughs> just, my god just this dancer's leap away from the closet uh because it smelled so bad and then i had another friend who was like his friend was getting laid in their room so uh, you know, put the they put the ribbon on the door or whatever their friggin' system was. <laughs> and uh and he came to my room because my roommate was always out of town on the weekends. He went back to mass. And uh uh this guy John was like, Hey man, um uh, Paul's you know, uh, can I crash in your room? And I was like, Yeah, but the thing is is his bed is going to smell like we had bunk beds. He was on the lower bunk. I'm like, it, I mean, you're welcome to sleep here, but I, I it just, I just want you to know that it's going to smell bad. Uh, and he was like, eh. so he got in the bed and, he, and I was like, see, and he's like, yeah, it smells bad, but it's not so bad. You know? So he was tired and, and he went to sleep, slept in the bed. And the next morning, you know, he left. And then about 20 minutes later, he came bursting through my door. He had no shirt on. You know, and he was like, dude, I just went in to take a shower. And when I pulled my shirt up over my head that he'd been sleeping in all night, when I yeah. pulled it up over my head, I threw up like this. The this odor was so bad that he barfed in his shirt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he threw out his shirt and then his pants. He threw out everything he was wearing uh, in that bed. It's, yeah. So. I, you know, maybe I'm, you know, PTSD about body odor, I guess. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. He was a a chess champion, though. And he'd go out and play chess with the crazies in Washington Square Park. And he'd come home with thousands of dollars. Are you freaking kidding me? I didn't know they played for money. Oh, yeah. Washington Square Park, they play for money. That's fucking cool. It's illegal, but they do it. Eh, I do a lot of illegal shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we all we all do uh, to a degree. Um, yeah. So you know, but he never gave me any of that money. He could have. 
he should have given me some of that money, uh, you know, for putting up with the stank. Yeah, I was gonna say pain and suffering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, sorry to get off on that tangent about body odor. Uh, I apologize. I would be terrified personally to have crickets to get crickets and bring them into my house for I get that. for a lizard because i i have had crickets in uh, you know my house and they're the worst if they get out of that thing they can't get out it's it's just like a little carrier and then the cricket ones have like these like black tubes that slide into it and then that's how you get them out and so like they're tilted in like sideways like that and then you pull them out you hold them up straight so the crickets are at the bottom and then you just put them in the cage like just like dump them out so they can't get out well that's good because when they get out or they get in uh, you know in the valley when we had you know uh box air conditioners you know yeah um that they got in through those all the time Uh, and then you have a cricket in your friggin bedroom and then it's annoying because you can't fucking sleep because you're like, I know there's a cricket in here, but you, you can't find it. Well, you can hear it. It sits there and it scratches its legs together and makes that goddamn noise. And then, yeah, <laughs> find it. as soon as you start looking for it, it shuts up. Um, when I was a kid living with my parents, you know, in my basement bedroom, I could at least if that happened, which had happened periodically, I could get a cat, get the cat and just put the cat in the room. And the cat yeah. will hunt and kill the cricket. But my cats now, they don't give a shit. Uh-huh, that sucks. They won't, they won't, they won't eat a cricket. They're assholes. <laughs> so yeah, it's that I just that is one of the worst things. A cricket in your bedroom. That's one of the worst. Yeah. I think we had one in our bathroom and it was huge. And I was just like, you know what? This thing's going to eat my face. I'm not fucking with it. It's just going to live its life. It'll disappear. I'm not worrying about it. It didn't make noise. Well, I saw it on the wall and I was like, it was, it was huge to me, but it wasn't like making the cricket noise. I didn't hear it any time after that. So I'm really hoping it was a cricket. Are you sure it was a cricket and not like a roach? Oh, no, because it had like the little thingies there, head things. But I mean, like we keep our house clean, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My freaking there. dog is whining to go out. Here, you coming with me? All right, go let your dog out. Go let the dog out. I sing that all the time, and my kids hate me for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a bad song. It really is, but it's catchy. Well, it's not catchy. Well, yeah, it's I an earworm. It's, it's like yes. it's like the Macarena or uh, Mamba Number Five. What is the other one I heard the other day? I hadn't heard in a long time. They played it on the radio. I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, the uh, the Chumba Wumba song. Oh my god, tub thumping. Yeah, tub thumping. Mm. That's an earworm that gets in there, and it's hard to get it out. It reminds me of the eighth grade dances. Oh, that was not not me. It did it. Did, it wasn't a thing when I was in eighth grade. It hadn't even been imagined yet. The <laughs> the tub thumping. Uh, all they played at my school dances was like Led Zeppelin and shit. 
that's cool. We always got the dumb stuff. Although I will say we had um, Spice Girls a lot, which I was very excited about. I love Spice Girls. Yeah, there was, they played like classic rock and, you know, 80s new wave pop stuff. That's what I got at my dances, you know. That's awesome. Ian would love that. He freaking is obsessed with the 80s and 80s music and everything 80s. Yeah. Well, so is Hill. She loves 80s music. She listens to it all the time. She just saw uh, Tears for Fears in concert. Yeah. How was that? She said it was great. I mean, Tears for Fears is good. Their new album's really good. Um, I, I always loved Tears for Fears. What, but who is there? Oh, they had another, there was another 80s group that like opened for them, but I'm totally forgetting who it was. But yeah, she does stuff like that all the time. One time she dragged me down to uh, the LA uh, Harbor to see like a music festival that was like right next to the like shipyards. <laughs> oh. Uh, but it was fun. It was four, four eighties bands. It was Berlin was one who I've now seen in concert like four times. Nice. Uh, Berlin was one. And then general public, AKA the English beat. Okay. Was another one. And then psychedelic furs was nice. one. And then there was one other that I can't remember what the other one was, but it, I don't know. There, it was something like, cause you know, like psychedelic furs was that new age, but it was like kind of gothy, yeah. <laughs> you know, depressive music and the like other. Band, yeah. Like the Smiths or whatever. Yeah. But it was right, I'm like trying to do hundred things at once right now. That's that's all right. It's your show. I I've got no say in this. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a guest. You're just coming with me everywhere I go. Oh, I left my purse in the car. No, I'm right. getting to see the layout of your house. It's nice. It's a nice oh, house. Thank you. We have lots of plants. That's good. Plants are great. That's healthy. You have a little <laughs> look at like a mini uh, raised garden bed inside. Is that what that is? Yeah. And the boy, it has like a chalkboard on it. So I let the boys draw on it. And it says, I love mom. And I will never get rid of it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, hang on. I got to grab something. Do it. Oh, you weren't talking while I was gone? I opened a beer. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. Well, that's fine. It's probably only a few seconds of dead air. I mean, you're not supposed to do that on radio shows, you know? I don't know. I'm not good at this. I haven't done a radio show since college. Well, no, I was actually in high school and worked at a college Elizabethtown College, there was a radio station there, and I got to go and, like, hang out, and that was fun. I, rem- I think I told you about that before, but... Uh, maybe. What was what did you do there? Were, were you, were you um, actually so hosting was, a radio show, or...? Yeah, with this other dude who was in college. His name was Ryan, and I don't remember. I know too many Ryans. Um, but, yeah, he would have me come over, and I was too scared to talk, like, on the air, so anytime he'd make me talk, I was like terrified. But I would take like requests from people like on Instant Messenger. Remember AIM Instant Messenger? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I talked to people on there a lot because I was like, I was fine with that, but I was afraid to talk because I knew people were listening to me. But was now, it like, wait, was it a was it like a talk radio show or was it a music show you were 
it was a music show, but like we were talking between songs and stuff. And there was like, we had to play certain songs from different like categories. And um, like they had CDs labeled like A, B, and C. And we would have to play certain um, like amounts from each category, like each A, B, C, whatever. And it was so long ago, but. but and did fun. you get to choose, did you get to choose the songs from those collections of the ABC collections or? or yeah. Okay. So, but that it was sort of programmed, but you. Yeah. But you had a certain amount of freedom. Yeah. Right. Because it's not like corporate radio where <laughs> they just tell you. You have to play every song 1,000 times. Yeah. And it's, yeah. If it's a classic radio station, there's only one song by Led Zeppelin, one song by the Eagles, one song by U2 or whatever. So, you, you know, get no variety. Yeah. And now we got to pick. It was pretty cool. Like they had certain CDs in each category and we got to pick songs from any of them, which was cool because it didn't have to be like a song that was already out. Like we could pick or like we would take requests from people and play songs for them. I don't know. It was pretty cool. Could you ever bring in like music that was new and or did you have to run that by somebody or could you just kind of play whatever you wanted? It's been a while, but I'm going to say we had to, like, run it by somebody just to, like, get the okay, but usually it was, like, it was okay. Yeah, I always wonder how that works, like, how even in the college, the college radio station that I listen to now, I just wonder, because there's certain, there's certain songs that they play, you know, almost every day or whatever, and I, I yeah, it's curious as to, well, how do they pick that song, you know? And I just wonder how much freedom the DJs actually have to, if they find a act that they like, a new act or a new song that they like that hasn't been programmed on the radio, I wonder what the process is. I feel like college radio, like when I did it, it was more free of like what we wanted to listen to um, versus like what the people that like ran the radio station wanted to hear. So we did have freedom in that aspect, but I, I can't remember precisely, but I want to say that if there was something that wasn't in the categories or whatever that we wanted to play, we would have to run it by someone, but usually it was totally fine. And now you do, are you still doing trivia nights? No, I haven't done that in a really long time, but, oh my gosh, oh, this is so embarrassing, but also very exciting and I'm terrified, but there's going to be um, a comedy show at my work in October and I'm going to get a five minute spot. And I've never realized like is it an open make, mic thing or it, like how it's like, it's people that the person who's running it, like pick to do it. Are you vaping? Oh my God, I have one too. Yeah, it's, you know what happens is a friend will like leave a vape and then I'll just use it up. Uh, I feel works? bad. I feel bad. I, I shouldn't have these things, but you know. They're fun. It is fun. It's bad for you. And it tastes but, good. But I was thinking the other day, cause you know, they say that, you know, vape vaping is bad for you. You know, it's not really a great substitute for for smoking but then there's a giant uh fire uh up at castaic lake you and you could see the giant smoke clouds uh, you know over the hills from where i live Huge yeah black smoke uh it's still going on and they had to evacuate a lot of people and all that stuff and and I, when i saw that i thought to myself eh, vaping is healthier 
We don't set California on fire. Yeah, vaping, I don't think, <laughs> starts too many fires. So there's that element that makes it better than smoking anyway. Yeah, my kids aren't pumped about me doing it. They're like, Mom, don't smoke. Well, like, I I smoke weed, like, in the vicinity of that. Like, they know that I smoke, but they don't know what it, they call it. Mommy's medicine for when they're bad because it helps calm me down. <laughs> so I was like rolling joints and they would see me smoking and they'd be like, mom, don't smoke. So I told them like I quit and I would just smoke a bowl. Cause I usually just smoke flour. And, uh, I coughed after hitting it once. And my kid was like, see, that's why you don't smoke. <laughs> I was like, all right. He's got a point. One of the- it's got a point. But like I tell, and it's so funny because like their dad smoked the entire time I was with him and now he doesn't. C- so, cigarettes? Cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, dad doesn't smoke. I was like, he used to all the time. And now it's my turn. And they're like, okay, mom. And like they're fine with it, but they they do give me shit times. If I if I cough, then yeah. it's then it's a, an issue. Yeah, uh, Colby, you know, figured that out, um, you know, that I smoked, but weed, but, um, you know, he knows I do it for uh, chronic pain issues. So, you know, he understands, but he really, he really hates it when I smoke in the garage, you know, because it'll, because it'll smell like weed in the garage. And then he's like, it smells like skunks. I'd be like, that's a good shit, son. It's yeah. Good shit. <laughs> I just sometimes it's too goddamn hot to go outside. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's true. I've been smoking up in my room just because I know the AC is up there. But like, instead of just going outside and plus when I go outside, like in my back, back patio, they'll come out and I'm like, guys, what are you doing? Like, just go right. away for a few minutes. I don't want you guys. Like, I don't think it'll hurt them at all, but I just, I don't know. I don't want them to be exposed to it, I guess. Yeah. I, 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 I always smoke away from the kid for sure. Yeah. And, and the wife, cause she is very sensitive to smoke. Aww. She gets, uh, and she's not a weed person. She, it doesn't agree with her. Um, you know, her, uh, what do they call them? uh can cannabinoid receptors yeah yeah or uh they don't fire right i guess well my um well ian's brother he lives in colorado and i guess the weed out there is like so much better but like when he moved out there he like if he smoked he would throw up for days like and he still has that like if anxiety it triggers it usually so i guess it was the anxiety from smoking weed but like He's been in the hospital so many times, like he can't smoke weed anymore. Wait, and so he would smoke weed and it would make him throw it like he was a scrometer. Sure. <laughs> have yes. you heard about, have you heard, did you hear about that one? No. There was like a whole, you know, the Republicans, they always come up with some new fucking bullshit to like blame on the Biden administration or whatever. So because weed has been legalized in so many states, they're like saying that, you know, kids are smoking too much and they scram it, which is screaming and vomiting at the same time. <laughs> I don't think there was any screaming involved. I think he was just throwing up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What was it that made him throw up though? Why, why was he? 
Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he could, he doesn't smoke weed at all anymore. Well, like, I, if like it makes you barf, uh, yeah, yeah, but like it was, it would get so bad that like he would have to go to the emergency room. And this, like, every time his family would go f- visit him, like, if Ian would go visit him and they had plans, I think the excitement and anxiety from it would be too much, and like he would end up in the hospital, like, with Ian out there. Because, um, I, like I like he was smoking weed because he of the anxiety and then well he was smoking weed just smoke weed um but be like when he would do it it would make him throw up he would end up in the hospital and i think at one point he was there and the doctors thought he was just like a drug addict like looking for i don't know what it was i it sucks because oh, yeah. i've talked to ian about all this but um there was i guess I don't remember if he had drugs or not, but um, they were just like pinning him to be like a drug addict when it was just like weed and he was throwing up all the time and just getting really sick. So. Well, I mean, that's weird, but it sounds like, I mean, people are allergic to weed yeah. like anything else. So if it, if it makes you barf, I mean, it, like it's how many times did he do it and barf before he's decided not to smoke anymore? Like, hey. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I think he quit smoking before I even met Ian, which was like four years ago. Oh my God. Four years. <laughs> Shit. Well, and it's going well though, right? Yeah. We did break up for a couple months, but we're I remember that we got back together. Yeah. He, he posts great. very, um, very reverent things about you all the time. Yeah, and then well, I'm on a Facebook ban right now, so I can't post shit for another two weeks. What'd you do this time? Um, so one this girl, I moved to Missouri with my ex-husband, like after we first met. Um, and there was this girl who I became friends with that I worked with, and there was a point that my ex-husband and I like broke up and I moved out. She let me live with her, let me use her car, like the sweetest girl in the world. She's always been sweet and nice and such a good person but like she got diagnosed with breast cancer Hmm. two weeks later she's in the icu like not like not able to like really like do anything um she ended up so like i found that out and i was like i want to punch god in the face and my friend posted no don't punch me in the face like saying they're god and i was like nope you're getting it and because and i even wrote Right after I said that, I was like, I'm going to get a Facebook ban. I even took a screenshot of it. And um, that's what happened. So because I said I was going to punch my friends, I got a Facebook ban for a month. Wow. Um, but like shortly after that, my friend who got diagnosed with breast cancer, um, she was when after the ICU, she moved to comfort care and she died um, pretty quickly after being diagnosed. So I have no regrets. I would definitely punch God in the face. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I, yeah. If if the Christians are right about what God is, if I meet him, I'm definitely going to punch him in the face. He's an asshole. Yeah, like, and it just it sucks because everyone's like, if you're a good person, or not everyone, but people are like, if you're a good person, or if you believe in God, blah blah. blah. And like my grandpa, he got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer two weeks later, died, and he just looked miserable the whole time. In between then. And he used to like teach Sunday school. And I'm just like, 
So he went to church all the time, literally taught like Bible school and he died from pancreatic cancer and like the worst way, like all this shit. So if I get like one thing that I get to do when I'm dead, I want to just punch God in the face repeatedly. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair reaction. Uh, if, if the Christians are right and he's all knowing and all powerful and uh, what's the word when you're everywhere, uh, every time all at once uh, omniscient, if he's, you know, really omniscient and it, this is all for a reason, then he's an asshole. What is the reason? Yeah, to be an asshole. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't get I don't it. Care. I mean, if he's so great, why can't he fix uh global warming for us? Right? Yeah. Yeah. He he can't. He can't. If anything, he gets in, like these days, it seems like the Christian God is getting in the way of all kinds of progress. And uh, people's rights uh, and uh, people's freedoms are all being infringed yep. upon by uh, the Christian God and Christianity itself. Uh, I, I mean, I was brought up Catholic, so I feel like it's totally fine for me to talk shit about the Catholic Church. But but now I'm just like, I think all Christianity is is kind of evil. I think it's ruining our, our country. Yeah. You know, it's, I had, no, um, it's no different than it's no different than Islam and you know Afghanistan to me. It's you know it's just they're further along and ruining their people's lives in the name that they're God uh, than than we are here. But we're on track for it, I think. Yep. Um, I had a couple come in yesterday to my work, and they were like, "Oh, we just ordered our wedding rings." But we're getting kind of nervous because of the Supreme Court is two gay dudes. Oh, yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, I feel that like it's crazy. Like whatever. I mean, separation of church and state was, I guess, a nice idea. <laughs> and now it's just like going to shit. Well, and, but the, and that's the thing that drives me nuts about, you know, the the right uh, and its constant messaging about bullshit nonsense is is. They don't. Uh, they just don't deal in reality and they spin everything uh, to make it seem like they're saving you. And it's, it's all nonsense. And, and they, they're always saying there isn't real, like who is it? Lauren Boebert or whatever fucking name is uh, said there, there is no separation of church and state in the constitution. And, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, have you read the First Amendment? Isn't the first first sentence of the First Amendment about the government can't push one religion over another? Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, the Supreme Court is, in my estimation, is in violation of First Amendment, the First Amendment, by overturning Roe v. Wade because the reason. Yeah. The reason they give for it is religious reasons. I, the truth is, is they want to fuck children and make the children have babies. Um, you know, that's the reality. That's what they want. They want uh, uh, women to be uh, uh, subservient um, and, and exist only for them. They say it's because of God. That's, you know, it's just bullshit. Um, yeah. but they, are, they are choosing one religion, you know, over all the others by overturning Roe v. Wade. I don't know how that's not, uh, how we're not in 
we are in constitutional crisis, I would say. I mean, they're always talking about constitutional crisis and it's almost, it's almost. And I was, I'm like, I think we're in it. I think we're in constitutional crisis right now. Yeah, seriously. It's like when Joe Joe Biden, all all the, all the, all the Nazis are mad that Joe Biden called them semi-fascist. And and they should be happy about that. (laughs) That that's going easy on them because what exactly. is what is semi-fascism? That's not a fucking thing. You're a fascist or you're not. There's no yeah. You can't be a partial fascist. You know, it's just like that 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 old riddle. You know about the what do you get? You know when you put a uh, 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 eleven Nazi sympathizers sit them down at a table with one Nazi. What do you get? A dozen Nazis. There's no, there's no semi, there's no semi-fascism. Yeah. And how do you, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, but that, like that's, I mean, I, I think we should be uh, critical of uh, Joe Biden and his administration. I, I think they're deserving of uh, plenty of critiques uh, doing certainly better things than the Republican party in general, but you know, that's just a failure. It just, if you're going to do it, do it right. Call them fascists. They are, they're fucking fascists and they're a threat to American democracy, you know, and it doesn't matter if the whole Republican party is offended by that because it's true. Yeah. Um, And, and so what if, if, if they're going to become violent, if Donald Trump gets thrown in jail, good. We currently the left at least has command of the military, so you can you can fight. We can fight, um, but you, you can't let them off the hook. Semi-fascist. That's nonsense. Yeah, that's- Randy Quaid is not a semi-fascist. He's a hundred percent fascist. I wonder, like, what? Um, oh, what is the word? Hmm criteria there we go i wonder what criteria he used to like <laughs> be like okay so they're not fully fascist they're only semi-fascist well it was it, it's he's trying to i think the concept is trying to separate the um uh, uh maga republicans from the uh rhino republicans as the maga republicans call them so i guess that's that's why he i mean he specifically said maga republicans but he said semi because he there's a lot of them yeah so he didn't i don't know like why he thought that was the spoonful of sugar that would help the medicine go down but it was i just think it was a dumb fucking thing to say um i think it needs to be said that they're fascist i think he needs to uh say that uh, yeah, and say that they are a threat to democracy. Donald Trump and his cult are a threat to American de- democracy. Absolutely, um, but he didn't say that. He he just said they're semi-fascist. So all it all it comes off as is a kind of weak insult. Yeah, it's like he. I mean, even calling them that is still going to piss them off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All in? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no way around pissing them off there's no way around there's going to be the MAGA hats are violent people you know I mean the FBI raids a thing and then some crazy MAGA person starts shooting up an FBI office um, and got himself killed in the process but 
I mean, and, and then every time Lindsey Graham or Donald Trump or any of these people say these things, you know, when they say, oh, if, uh, you know, if he's prosecuted, there's going to be riots. And, and that's not because he fucked up and it's like that, this that, is that's... the punishment he deserves. <laughs> well, and yeah. <laughs> and when Lindsey Graham says shit like that, he, I don't think he's 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 threatening uh the left he's threatening the department of justice with violence and he's also when he says stuff like that he's recruit that's a recruitment they're bringing old man because the the oath keepers and the proud boys and all those motherfuckers are are uh, ready to for their nazi revolution and that's what uh they're stoking the fire of that's what they're doing it's just crazy to me it's crazy it's nuts it's nuts that people like that get elected into our government. It's just fucking crazy that we have so many Nazis in this country. Sorry, I've gone off. No, don't be sorry. Just, I get so depressed about uh, <laughs> the politics of this country. No, I get it. I, and you know what? I used to be very heavy into politics, and I realize I've been pretty lax lately, which I shouldn't be. I should be into it as I was before. It's weird, like when Ian and I were broken up, and I would like go, I would talk to new dudes or whatever. Um, the first question I would ask is, Are you registered to vote? And some there's so many people, so many dudes, especially white dudes that are not registered to vote. They're like, Yeah, I don't care about politics. I'm like, You of all people should care. Like, you guys are, you have the most power, use your, use it for good, whatever. Or like, what would they vote for if they voted? I mean, I guess that's the question. Every time we lament the the uh, person who doesn't do their civil fucking civic duty, uh, which is voting, that's a civic duty technically. Um, but what what? How would they vote if they did? You know what I mean? That's another thing. Like dudes that I met that were registered to vote more likely than not i would say two out of three were like right leaning mm-hmm. and i'm just like deuces but like we would start talking about stuff and like i can talk about things with opposite side without getting like shitty about it but that's not a person i want to date like i'm not going to be yeah on side ever so it would just be like massive arguments but it, it was just really interesting to see how people are like now, like, I don't know if it's just like dating apps, whatever. That's just what I've dealt with, but. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's almost like there's like, you need political affiliations to be, uh, <laughs> to be added to that because it's, it's true. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I'm married and stuff, so I don't have to worry, but I would never want to, fuck a republican and and and, and, and uh, you know i have in my past me too you know and but I, I never just, talked to them again after they found after i found out they were republican i was like uh. yeah it's just yeah it's just a bummer it's a bummer to sleep with someone and then find out you know they're racist or whatever it's 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 happened uh uh to me so uh yeah it's uh it's hard out there to find a a, a good person that's why i'm like all for these assholes in Simi Valley with their let, let's go Brandon flags flying off the back of a pickup truck. I'd rather know who the fascists are uh, because before Trump, they were all hiding. Yeah. You know? And you didn't know you found out like this, the, this, like, like 
trickling effect of finding out the people in your life. You're like, oh, fuck, really? You? You? Yeah. Isn't that so disheartening? Oh, my God. It sucks when you like someone. You get like you you and you get along with them and maybe have chemistry with them, sexual chemistry with them, anything like that. And then after the fact, you find out they're fucking straight up Nazi. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's so disappointing. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but God damn, this is disappointing. It's like, oh, I thought you were cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. And it's a bummer when like perfectly intelligent people. I mean, so often one of the things that I, I would find out about these p- people who are no good is, you know, they're not as bright as I had initially thought they were. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily really good at recognizing intelligence versus, you know, faux intelligence. Yeah. Um, it has to be. It has to be explicit. The racism has to be explicitly uh, spelled out to me, and then I'm like, oh shit. Um, but then it happens because people get comfortable with you if you've been hanging out with them for a while and then they start talking. A friend of mine actually wrote uh, uh, a romantic comedy and that <laughs> and that it, 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 was, it was such a, a fun uh, concept, but it was like it wasn't until like the end of the second act of, of his screenplay where like he's at dinner with this woman. It's like a romantic comedy, like it, like a studio romantic comedy hitting all the beats and all this stuff but like right near the end of the second act he's having dinner with her and she says something racist about black people sitting at the table next door so then the rest of the movie is him being like fuck i don't need to be with anybody else so <laughs> it's just yeah. him learning to be uh, happy being alone because it sucks dating a, a bigot yeah i would watch that movie yeah, I think it's a great a great idea. Although I just I'd put it in my me. Tinder profile and wait, what? I I just spoiled the twist, but you know what? You know, he's never going to make that movie. Oh, I hope he does though. And then I'll, I'll get sued. I'll get sued by one of my best friends. God damn it! <laughs> okay, does your best friend listen to this? No. Okay, well then you're fine. No. No, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he does. I never know. I'm always surprised. Like sometimes, like my brother the other day was like, "Yeah, I've been listening to your podcast," and he had all these things. And I was like, "Oh, you listen to my podcast? So that's nice." Yeah, nice. But I'm I, none of my friends always say they're going to listen, but then they never do. The only people that listen is Ian. <laughs> yeah, the, it's weird. Like I have so many friends who do podcasts, and they don't like listening to their friends uh podcasts it's interesting it's like a thing but i you know too like my friend jason like apologized to me for not reading any of my self-published books and i was like i don't care dude you don't have to read my fucking shit i was like but like what what's the problem and he's like well i'm just worried they're gonna suck and i don't want to have to talk to you about it after (laughs) That's a friend right there. And I'm like, all right. Or here's, here's another option. You read it. You think it sucks. You just don't say anything. That is an option. Unless because they're self-published books, they're done. I'm not going to go back and, you know, fix the typos or anything that are in there. It is what it is. Um, Yeah. I can't afford proofreaders and all that shit. So I do my best. Um, uh, But I'm like, 
it's fine if you think it sucks. I don't care. I mean, that's like the whole thing about ingesting any kind of entertainment. It's okay to think it sucks. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, uh, to me, it's just, uh, the fact that you uh, take time to look at my work is that's all I need, you know? Oh. And if you want, if you feel compelled to tell me it was great or that it wasn't great, great, go ahead. It's fine. You know, it's just funny to be afraid to read somebody's work. Cause you don't want to have to talk to them afterwards if you don't like it. Man, that's excessive. I feel like even if I read something, I like whoever and it wasn't great. Like you just keep that shit to yourself. Man. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's easy enough. Uh, well, I mean, and it's like, you know, and I like now, like I'll see movies, you know, and, the, and, and I know people who like co-written them or worked on them or whatever. So yeah, like, I'm hard pressed sometimes to be honest uh, about uh, uh, movies that I've seen that I didn't like. If somebody I know who I like is involved with it because I don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, because I paid money and gave this thing time and I didn't like it, I do want to complain about it. You know, the same way I want to say something's awesome when I, when I see it's awesome, but it's easier to go that route because people. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to be uh, negative, uh, I guess. Hmm. Now I'm wondering how this comedy show is going to go. <laughs> so are you have it? You you have to write five minutes worth of material. Yeah. You've ne- like, have you, you ever know. tried stand up before? No. Like I'm, I have comedian friends, like a lot of them, and they're, and one of them was like, you should do like um open mics just to like get yourself like prepared for it and i'm like i am having trouble even writing jokes like i'll think of stuff and i've written down some things but i'm usually like on the spot like i'll make a joke on the spot but like trying to think of something to like repeat to other people later is like yeah it's hard hard. it is it's It's so hard hard. Yeah, that's true. I'm mean, so, so much stand-up comedy now is like spe- the specials that I watch are cl- they're really closer to one-person shows than they are stand-up routines. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I like I find them entertaining and all that stuff, but it, like not necessarily hilariously funny. Yeah. Uh, because it's more of a confessional kind of technique of of doing comedy and it's not you know set up joke set up joke set up joke but sometimes i find myself missing that simple joke thing yeah but i I think it is really hard to write those it's i've never like i said i've never done anything like this so there are so many times I wanted to message my friend and be like, I don't think I can do this. But every time I see him in real life and we're talking about it, I'm like, man, it sounds so awesome. I'm going to do this. I don't care if I bomb, whatever. I just want to do it. Have the experience. So I just got to get it. Yeah. You might as well. I've bombed so many times trying to do stand up and I've done well. I mean, it's just, they, they always say that um, you're not a stand up comic until you've, you've bombed and finished your act anyway. Um, yeah. 
because like not everybody just because your act bombs in one place doesn't mean it would bomb in another it just depends on the audience um but yeah it's hard and and it it's kind of nerve-wracking you know it's just like just having like having to do it i feel like my brain is just like blank like trying to think of jokes whereas like if i was just like living my life and something funny pops up whatever i can like write about that but like having to sit down and like think of things that are funny is just like i don't understand how comedians do it i don't understand how writers write books mm-hmm. i would just get like blocked writer's block i guess <laughs> well i mean I think, yeah i i mean the way around that i think is just to just to write just fill the blank page up with your thoughts and see what what's in there that can be uh crafted into comedy material you know what i mean yeah like if you have writer's block just like write just write doesn't matter what it is um do you have an angle you're you're approaching it with are you is it about your life or are you just trying to make observational jokes or just absurdist jokes like Steven Wright or whatever? Like what's your, I love him. Um, I've just tried to go. So this is so stupid, but I was, I'm always like, if I get stoned, I think I'm funnier. And that's when I go on Twitter. And um, so I will smoke and then I'll just like think of stupid things that I think are funny and like write them down. And then when I'm sober, I'm like, okay, how to make, how do I make this funnier than when I'm stoned? Yeah. That's so. a classic uh, technique. I've, I've heard, I can't remember who said it first. Like somebody famous said it, but they said, yeah, write, write when you're completely high or completely drunk or whatever. And then, but then when you're sober the next day, that's when you rewrite Ooh, so I'm doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, good job. You just naturally found that instinctually. Very exciting. <laughs> there you go. Gonna ride that high all day. Yeah, do <laughs> it. Do it. Well, and you could be a stoner comedian, you know, like Doug Benson or something. You, you know, you yeah. can find your little uh, your little hook. Um, that's what they were always telling me on the B circuit in New York. You, you got to find a hook. You got to find your hook. And I was like, I just, I want to just tell jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I need a hook? Um, but I never found a hook. I could never find, like the trick of stand-up too is, you know, you have to be honest, it has to be personal, but also it has to be universal. Yeah. That 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 people can connect with it. And I, I've always, it just, I'm too weird and like, out of like left of center and not in the center, you know, I'm in my perspective and my experiences are fucking weird and not necessarily relatable. Yeah. I feel that. I'm more of a a one man show guy. I've done that. Um, And my one man show was funny, but uh, you know, it didn't have to be, it wasn't all jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe I'll do. Okay. If not, at least it was a thing I tried finally. So, And if you do, if you approach it right, I mean, you said it already, you know, you just want the experience. So, and you don't care if you bomb. So if you get on stage and that's genuine, 
that you don't care that you're a bomb that you, uh, you bomb that you you're there for the experience and to you know just have fun with it or whatever then you'll you should be good even if nobody laughs you'll have a good time yeah maybe everybody will laugh at me bombing so there yeah maybe yeah <laughs> it's only it's only five minutes so although five minutes yeah. can feel real long i know that's what i'm worried about like am i gonna have enough like material to like fill five i guess practice it i don't know i used to do these storytelling nights and then and they would give you you know a sp- specific amount of time to yeah. tell your stories usually it was like seven minutes um and that was the challenge of that was like i could write a story you know beginning middle and end but but it was always too long you know ah. it's, it's different filling five minutes up with jokes versus a, a story yeah but it, it, it that was always challenging so i don't know you might want to Think about that, like creating some like brief minute, minute and a half long stories, one, two or three of them, you know, for the five minutes. Try that. Yeah. And then just kind of lead into it using that. That's actually a really good idea. And like keeping it kind of focused on that instead of just having like random ass jokes. Yeah. I mean, you could just get up and and, and tell a five minute funny story and, I, you know, you could get away with it. I think, um, but, but I mean, you know, it's a good challenge to try and write five minutes of just jokes. Uh, I used to do it. I used to, I mean, my act was very silly. I did jokes, very silly jokes. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes like club managers would scold me for being too silly. Yeah. Yeah. The B circuit in New York City in the early '90s was a it was a a, a dark and dreary place because it was Sounds like terrible. like Jesus. the '80s was a comedy boom. You know, they couldn't find enough comedians. They couldn't find enough content for all the stand-up, and the, like it was this big boom. But then by it had crashed in by the early '90s, and so a lot of there was a lot of bitterness in in the uh, in the B circuit. I can see that. Even in like, there's so much drama in the comedy world, even in Philly. It's amazing. Yeah. Comedians Um, fucked up people in general. I think. Maybe that's why my friend asked me to do this. (laughs) He's like, your life's super fucked. People that make some good jokes about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's kind of fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am so sorry, but I have to go get my kids. I get it. That's a, a, a responsibility. What, what's your sign off again on your show? I can never remember. How do you how do you end it? Um, I don't have one. That's how. I don't have one. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's my sign off. I don't have a sign off. Au revoir, people. <laughs> <laughs>